College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, Yo, I just did the old one, dude. I've done that every time since. You have? Every time. It, dude, it's, it's, it's we got to work it out of our subconscious. <laughs> I know. This Four years. Is, yeah, that's true. The Mile High Huddle podcast presented, as always, by, you guessed it, Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Calberman. Zach, first, let me just say, dude, I've missed you. I have Likewise. missed your musk. And thank you for holding it down, dude. You and Scott rocked it. And I know at least two of the shows while I was gone, you did solo, right? So mm-hmm. big props, dude. Threw down. Appreciate you, bro. I'm glad to know my musk is on point, Chad. So it's uh, it's great to have you back, man. It feels natural again. It's It was fun solo potting. It was fun potting with Scott. He held it down in your chair. But to have you back here, it's like uh, peanut butter jelly, man. Let's get into it. I have missed everybody. I feel very disconnected. I was... Uh, for the first time since Mile High Huddle became a thing, 10 years or so, I like was literally disconnected because every time I've gone on a what might pass for a vacation on the surface, I take my lappy with me. As you know, Zach, more often than mm-hmm. I take my microphone and my lights with me so we can stream when I'm on vacation. I'm always still connected to the stream, to the podcast, to publishing, to writing, editing, all of it. This was the first time, dude, I was like fully fully disconnected and it was not the greatest feeling i mean i guess you could argue i could argue maybe there was like a brief moment of like oh um i got nothing to worry about but then no dude i feel like i'm missing out and i couldn't wait to get back here to talk to you guys so not a lot of news to break down but we got enough broncos topics that we want to get to tonight bro yeah fomo is a real thing and i suffer from it too so yeah anytime we take a break away from the regimen you and i are both creatures of habit for sure especially when it comes to our work and uh when we're taking time away from that, it just feels weird. feels different, foreign. I am an egregious creature of habit to a flaw. You know, uh, if yeah. it doesn't fit within my rituals, pound sand. And that can be a little bit restricting at times. You know, it's not necessarily always the healthiest way to live. Although, you know, for most things, Chad Jensen, you can kind of set your watch to whatever I'm going to be doing. Just a few quick shout outs here, guys. We'll get to some content. Dale, what's going on, big dog? It's great to see you. Hope you're doing okay, all things considered. Uh, We got Diamond Rattler in the house as I was just... So listen, really weird situation. I left to go do like a a two-week man vacation with my bros going way back to college and even before college. While I was gone, my wife, 
moved. I bought a new house. My wife moved the entire family. I, helped, I, I, I paid for some movers and stuff like that. So when I returned, I left having lived living in this house. When I returned after two weeks, Zach, I've been living in a new house. That was the most bizarre thing ever. Like coming, being gone that long and then returning and you're yeah. in a new house. All my stuff from the office, from M the MHH cockpit was, I stored it in a storage unit while I was gone. And so I started kind of putting things together to get ready for today. Couldn't find my high definition camera. I'll find it. But for tonight, we're going, that's why my camera looks a little bit janky. It's because I'm going off the laptop cam. So just an FYI, Michaela, what's going on? The Duchess, I have missed you. I know you had a little vacation uh, right before I left. So appreciate that. Very, very generous super chat. Thank she you. says, welcome back. Chad, Zach, and Scott did an amazing job in your absence. Thank Still you. missed you. Well, it's good to hear that. And I had no doubts. I had no doubts. Those guys are pros. And they know what's up. But feels very good to be back. Yeah, thank you, Michaela and Chad. You, you know, your camera, it is what it is, but at least it's not turning you into a, whatever I am looking like on, on camera. So the whole red tomato lobster feature, is, <laughs> I got to turn that off. So it's all good, man. We are in the process here at Mile High Huddle of upgrading our green, uh, green screen game. So yes. that is ongoing and will soon be perfected. <laughs> it's going to happen. Let not your hearts be troubled. Phil, what's good, bro? Jumping in on Facebook, I would assume with some stars. Thank you, buddy. It's great to see you. Big time stars, says Scott. So thank, thank you, bro. You. Seriously. Much love. Much respect. He says, uh, good evening, uh, Zach. Welcome back, Chad. Good evening, Zach and Scott. Hope you had a great vacation, Chad. Hashtag let's ride. Yeah, I did. And it was a nice little reset for what comes next because Zach and I are kicking off our new radio show on Mile High Sports Radio. Two weeks from tomorrow, we're launching that. Okay. And then, of course, the whirlwind, Zach, of the season with Russ. Like the doldrums. That's in the past, or it's soon to be in the past. Can't wait. Dave, good to see you, bro. Callie Dave in the house. How have you been, dude? It has been a while, bro. Hope you're doing well. It's great to see you. I'm so happy it's July now. Thank you, Dave, first of all. But, you know, we talked about it on the other podcast. It was the last day of the month, I, I think it was. And I said, I can't wait for it to be July so I can say this month training camp starts, Chad. And the next month is, is preseason. Football season's right around the corner. We have so much going on at MHH, so much going on. And the buildup to the Broncos season, as you mentioned with Russell Wilson, the hype surrounding that, it's so exciting, man. It really is. It, I mean, it's a great time to be a Broncos fan. You know, the Broncos are back. Lena in the house. What's going on on Facebook with some stars? Thank Love you. you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's great to see you. Uh, any topics, of course, that you guys want us to get to tonight? Questions? Get them in the chat. We will try to get back to them or get to them. Uh, Tim says on Facebook, too. What's up, bro? Thank you, buddy. Welcome back. Big worm with some baller stars throwing down like a boss. Really appreciate that, my friend. It's great to see you, Tim. Hope you've been well as well. I did some, I was doing some like weird. A lot of people won't maybe understand this, but back in my college days, I was in a band and me and my bros, we in the band, we were always like, you know, one day when we have our, you know what together and we can afford to do it, let's go like record an album, make like the dream album. And that's what we did. We've been saving up and planning it for like 20 years. Finally, the stars aligned. And so that's what we did. That's what I've been doing. So like those of you that are connected with me on Facebook or follow on Instagram, you saw some of the pictures I was throwing up only a few. I, I don't like splurging too much about every little personal detail of my life on social media, but at least gives you an idea. And when some of that, some of those tunes come back, Lawrence, good, good to see you, bro. Some of those mixes come back. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll share it with the group. Yeah, I got a, a sneak uh, peek of one of the songs Chad in Vegas and it, it sounded good. I'm not much of a, of a rock guy myself, if that's what you call it. I don't know the exact genre, but it did sound good. And uh, you have to share with the class Chad when the final product comes out. 
You got Scott. To. See, Scott, he's more of a rock guy. I'm more of a punk rock guy. So it's it's a little bit faster. It's a little bit more kind of I don't know technical. It's not like screaming at the top of your lungs. Roar, roar, roar. It's not like it's melodic. Everything's melodic. It's just fast. So uh, let's get to some Broncos content here, though. Uh, first and foremost, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on ESPN pounding the table for the Denver Broncos in 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 a sense anyway. Uh, to get Russell Wilson sewed up with a, an extension sooner rather than later. I'll put up so we can do some scratch and sniff. People can see what you were writing about. But what is the latest on that, and is it realistic? Do you see the Broncos actually making a move to extend Russell Wilson between now and camp? I mean, I don't think there's any rush on either side to get a deal done in the next four weeks, whatever it is. And uh, it was Field Yates from ESPN saying the one last Broncos move they should make before training camp is to pay Russell Wilson his extension. We all know he's going to get it. It's a matter of when and not if, but that when could come a little uh, later and not sooner. It's going to happen. He's going to get maybe $250 million over five years, a lot of money. But the quarterback market, Chad, as you know, and everyone knows now, is exploding. So it's in Russell Wilson's best interest to maybe wait a season, let Lamar Jackson get his deal, let Justin Herbert eventually get his deal, reset the market higher and higher. Soon it'll be $60 million on average for a quarterback. Russell Wilson, he's under contract. He's going to make, I think, $35 million as his average annual salary. So he's fine for this year. And on the Broncos side, it gives them, and I want to give credit to Scott because he brought it up on the last podcast, maybe a one-year audition to see how the Broncos offense looks with Hackett and Russell Wilson paired together before committing such egregious money to a quarterback. So I don't think it's going to get done, but uh, what other move really could they make? That's really all that's on the docket. You can, you can nitpick and say an inside linebacker, you pulled up Alexander Johnson. That was another publication that said that's the move they should make. But Russell yeah. Wilson is the major uh, elephant in the room that they're going to address. I just don't think it's going to happen before training camp. I don't think it's going to happen either, but I think <clears throat> it would behoove them to get something done sooner rather than later. And it's the same principle of why you want to kind of keep your gas tank full as best you can as gas prices yeah, just keep going. True. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, is you know, you don't know what the cost is for, uh, for a gallon is going to be tomorrow. So while it's here, get it while it's here and then worry about what it is, you know, uh, down the road. Similar principle, I think, for the Denver Broncos. You're right. I mean, quarterback salaries are off the freaking charts right now, but imagine what they might be a year from now. That's why I think if he factors into your long-term plans, which obviously he does, then you get the deal done as soon as you feasibly can between the two sides. Chad Beach jumping in. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Yes, I, I do. Uh, I'm stoked to be back. I, I appreciate it, bro. Uh, MHH. Denver Broncos for life. Let's ride. Yes, indeed. Who else might be in line, Zach? For if we're talking extensions, is there anybody else in line for such? I mean, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, middle of the season, Justin Simmons, right before last year, got rolling. Anyone else you could see, though, that's kind of in that pocket? Because no one really jumps out. I would have to know who's eligible for a contract because of the rookie. You can only pay him after a certain amount of years. But you brought up two players that I was going to bring up, too, to make a different point, and that's Sutton and Tim Patrick. If anything, which Yates didn't mention in his little blurb, is that Peyton has shown a proclivity to pay players sooner and not later before the market does explode like he did at wide receiver. So it, that's the only reason I can see the Broncos paying Russell Wilson relatively soon. And by that, maybe midseason at the soonest. Neither side is in a rush. But to answer your question, I can't think of one. Really, everyone that should have got paid so far has gotten paid. 
Yeah, I agree. There's one guy to watch. Well, really two guys, and they're both Draymond, on the maybe. defensive side of the ball, and that's Draymond Jones in a contract year and Bradley Chubb playing on a fifth-year option. True. But in both cases, those aren't really bridges you cross until you've kind of seen how 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 turbulent the water is that's passing underneath. Like, you don't know yet. Like, in a perfect world, you hope that Draymond Jones really, this is the year he kind of blasts around the corner, turns a corner. Same for Bradley Chubb, but you can't go throwing that money at him until you've seen it or at least a very strong hint of it. Doesn't necessarily need to be like Garrett Bowles throwing down, you know, all pro caliber left tackle play for three quarters of the season before you lay it out because that was so sudden, right? You had never seen anything like that from Garrett Bowles. It behooved the Broncos to kind of drag that out as long as they possibly could. In the case of Bradley Chubb, you have seen him produce at a high level. You have seen him bring home accolades for the Broncos in the form of a 2020 Pro Bowl. So I think as soon as you start seeing it stack up a little bit, it might be in the team's best interest to try and work something out. But then again, he also has, does Bradley Chubzak, a storied injury history. Yeah, I would honestly be surprised if the Broncos paid Chubb, unless he just explodes with like 10 sacks in the first seven weeks or so. I'd be surprised if they pay him before the season ends. And you have to compare Chubb and Draymond Jones, the positions they play. Edge rusher makes a lot more money than defensive end. And the Broncos just paid a boatload of money to Randy Gregory. Can you afford having two 70-plus million-dollar edge rushers, or do you maybe want to keep Draymond Jones? He is the extension candidate because I think he's going to explode this year, and you do too, and a lot of Broncos analysts and fans do as well. And that's one guy where I can see maybe if he starts to take off an Evero scheme or sooner and not later, maybe George Payton pulls the Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick move and pays him sooner before that market explodes as well. Today I was reading a – you know, I'm not a guy, unfortunately, because of just how busy I get as a, as a dad – And with MHH, I don't have time to play fantasy football like I used to. I used to eat, sleep, breathe it. I loved fantasy. It was such a great um, enhancement to the football season for me. But I had to kind of give it up. So I don't really, Zach, find myself too often reading any kind of like fantasy articles, any content centered around fantasy football. But this morning I did just by happenstance via a – a website called Player Profile that was talking about Albert Okuwebunam and kind of myth-busting the perception that Russell Wilson does not like throwing to tight ends. And I'll go through some of the some of the uh, metrics that the that, uh, Player Profile provided. There's an article up right now at milehuddle.com. You guys can read after the podcast. We'll go through some of that. But, Zach, my guy, after reading this, and this is something kind of building over time. You know, it's not like this just came out of left field here, but – my guy for breakout, and this by breakout, I mean, hey, the guy that no one really saw coming. Opponents, they know about Cortland Sutton. They know about Tim Patrick. They even know about Jerry Judy, if for no other reason, Zach, than his first-round pedigree, former Alabama guy. The guy that's going to surprise people is Albert O. That's my thought, and I think he's going to have a big year with Russ, but what say you? I'm 100% with you on Albert O. Um, he's been the most unheralded Broncos starter to get the least – praise and the most disrespect as far as I'm concerned this offseason. He was written off by all the Broncos country, especially after the Dulcich pick, but that's the guy that's going to lead the tight end room, and that's a guy who can put up a lot of yards and make a lot of plays with a quarterback like Russ. In terms of you know breaking down the stats and the analytics, I'm sure Russell Wilson threw to tight ends. What quarterback doesn't throw to tight ends? They're the safety blanket for a reason, but maybe I'm wrong. 
he just preferred in Seattle to throw to his receivers that he's had over the years. He had more chemistry going down the field and looking for a player like that versus going down the scene. But he did have Jimmy Graham. He's had some talented tight ends in Seattle. So it's encouraging that if he even looks that way, the top two that he's looking for are Alberto and Dulcich, two playmakers. Not to bog our conversation down too much with uh, statistics and, and all that stuff, but a, a few things I want to throw out here uh, on average. All right, here's the takeaway from this statistical deep dive from, again, this playerprofiler.com. It, quote, on average, Russell Wilson's top tight end earns a 15.5% target share. Okay, so that's relative to all the targets going around to receivers, backs, tight ends. The number one tight end, traditionally under Wilson throughout his 10-year career, receives 15.5% target share. That includes, they say, a career outlier of 18.9% target share for Jacob Hollister way back in 2019. And then they go through a graph to visualize Wilson's target share distribution, which we don't really need to get bogged down into. But the takeaway here, Zach, is that there are there are metrics out there um, that imply that Russ doesn't – it doesn't prove anything per se, but imply that Russ – is reticent to use the middle of the field as if that's the only place that a tight end can catch the ball. But if you look at where his passes go, if you look at his targets, tight end, that number one guy, is getting 15.5% of his looks each and every year. Now, you take that as kind of a, an outline and you lay it over what the Broncos have, and that means good right. things for Alberto. I think Alberto with that four four nine speed and just – you know, if you compare, if you think in, in, back in your mind's eye to how Noah Fant performed last year versus Alberto, they both were running those shallow routes that, that Pat Shermer liked. He wanted the tight ends to run a shallow route, catch, hopefully make a man miss, and then maybe pick up some, some stuff. In fact, after Noah got traded, he complained about that in the Denver press on, on uh, 104.3 The Fan. Well, the two couldn't have been more different because they were both running the same type of routes, except when Noah Fant would get the ball, catch, tackle fall down Albert O would catch the ball short Zach he'd make a man miss or he'd use his power and size to bowl someone over I mean there are more highlights of Albert O leaping over defenders than there are Noah Fant catching touchdowns last year well was that Broncos legend Nick Vanette on the list Chad so any any list that includes Vanette I kind of just <laughs> disqualify a little bit um, and you know what 15.5 percent it sounds like a lot on paper and it maybe bolsters the narrative that he doesn't target tight ends but it's not it's still not the majority you're leaving over 85 percent of targets and you mentioned something I want to uh, touch on more of the Broncos offense that was Seattle's offense that was Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer and Shane Waldron whatever coordinator they've had the Broncos are a different offense with different players so I, I don't think you can 100% extrapolate data and apply it to the Broncos. This situation is unique and it's going to be different. And I, you're a fool, not you, but anyone in particular who thinks the Broncos are not going to run through pass wise, the receivers, not through tight end room. No doubt about it. What say you Broncos country? Are we, uh, are we up in the night here on this Albert O thing real quick? I want to shout out Albert, uh, Albert Knoppers who reached out to me while I was gone. I just realized as I saw your chat here, comment that I didn't reply to your you asked me a question on Facebook and it, I was kind of caught up in a moment and I didn't have a chance to answer then it slipped my mind so I will remember to give you an answer to that it's, it's just talking about the meet and greet at the Niners game I'll get back to you on that uh, he's talking here though he's he's kind of shifting saying I sure hope and I think that that and I think this will happen that Quinn Miners 
plays like Mecklenburg, except on the offensive side. So great. a quick, a quick uh, segue here, Zach. Are we about to see Quinn Miners start at all five positions on the offensive line? <laughs> he probably could do it, honestly, and he'd be better than Billy Turner at right tackle. I, I'm taking a wild guess there, but no, I think wherever he lands, more than likely right guard on a full time basis, he's going to kill it. And he's one of the players that's been singled out by Hackett and some of the offensive coaches. The future is bright with Quinn Miners. I wasn't the biggest fan of his selection last year. I don't think you were either, but he showed me a lot on the field as a rookie, and I think he's going to get better under this scheme with Butch Berry, and he'll be maybe, maybe not Mecklenburg, but Pro Bowl caliber player at right guard. Yeah, I still wonder, and this was a topic that Eric Trickle flushed out quite fully in his player profile today on Graham Glasgow, the published at milehighhuddle.com, where Graham fits in on this because – we have Russ Wilson name dropping and giving props to Lloyd Cushenberry multiple times during the OTAs when he was in front of a mic. You have Quinn Miners, who, I mean, just take away what we know about Miners and what we saw him do last year. Nathaniel Hackett kind of dropping the curtain at the owners' meeting, saying this is going to be our right guard. Okay, so there's two spots. What's the left guard? Okay, in the last three years, it's been easy to just pencil in. Dalton Reisner because of who he is and his draft pedigree and all that. Well, this is another point that Eric Trickle brought up. There are significant, there are rumors with significant credibility that the Broncos tried to trade Dalton Reisner during the NFL draft. Rumors, I stress, all right? Rumors. And if that's the case, if this GM, Zach, and this coaching staff was open to life without Dalton Reisner, perhaps we should not be penciling him or certainly not penning his name in as a starter at left guard. If anything, penciling Graham Glasgow might fit in there. Maybe it's a Bowles Glasgow, Cushenberry, Miners, and then Turner offensive line. Maybe. I just think we maybe also overrate Glasgow's ability and production on the field. He really wasn't that good. A lot of Broncos fans are acting like he was Carl Mecklenburg on the offensive side. You know, he really, he's okay. He's a hold the fort kind of player, but I would rather gamble on Dalton Reisner's youth and his ceiling and what he can do in this scheme, which fits him better. uh, The wide zone scheme, running more and being more athletic. That was what Rich Scangarello ran as a, a rookie coordinator in 2019 when Reisner was a rookie as well. And he looked a lot better in 2019 than he has since then. So I would roll the dice on Reisner before I pencil in Glasgow, but that's just yours truly. The only thing, and then we'll grab Mike here. The only thing I agree with you on that. The only thing that comes to mind in terms of rebutting that is he's still, even though the Broncos restructured Glasgow's contract, he's still making a pretty penny and, it really keeps GMs and coaches up at night when guys making serious dollars aren't contributing. So Mike I Boone think says hi. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, we can pull up. I, I'm trying to remember what, do you remember what it is? What he restructured down to is it seven or 8 million this year? Something Glasgow? like that. Yeah. I off the top was, of your head. I'll, I'll, pull it up. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. So we don't look like we don't know what we're talking about. We do. It was know a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Mike Reno. Good to see you, bro. He says, sorry, it's been a while. Chad and Zach, I'm glad to be back and catching up. Can't wait for this winning season to start. Y'all are the best. MHH for life. Broncos playoffs are around the corner. Yes, I believe you're right on that, Mike. And it is good to see you. We've missed you. Hope you've been well, big dog. It's good to see you, Mike. Yeah, thanks for popping in. And Chad, I pulled it up, and he yeah. reduced from $8.4 million to $3.1 million. Okay. So a $5.3 right. million pay cut with $1.4 in incentives available. 
I stand corrected in that case. That's a plausible depth O lineman, you know, like a like a passable veteran guy with experience salary for a backup. Like you could that's not going to keep anyone up at night if that salary is chilling on the sideline uh, on game day. But he also has that savvy, the veteran savvy. You know, he's a smart dude. We've had him on the show. He's very cool, very um, uh, down to earth. Down to earth. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, but it will be interesting to see exactly how these competitions shape up because another name we have not mentioned that factors into this is Natani Muti, who, I mean, golly, almost every time Nathaniel Hackett gets a chance to talk about the offensive line, that's one of the names that has consistently come up. It's hard not to when you put on the film and watch what Moody can do. I know he's not the best in certain areas of the game and he has to get better, but he's a powerful, powerful. He might be the strongest player on the Broncos roster, honestly. And if you harvest that and develop that, you might have a starting guard. I I don't know. I wouldn't pencil him in. I wouldn't say he's even in the competition to start a left guard, but you can do a lot worse off your bench for a younger prospect than Atani Muti. Phil jumping in again. Thank you, buddy. He says, I feel that we will see this offense allow Russ to do things we didn't see in Seattle. Also, I was reading that we have the best tandem of running backs in the league. What do you guys think? Let's ride MHH for life. Appreciate that, bro. Uh, first and foremost, are we going to see Zach Russ do things in Denver? Or let's just say produce in any way, shape, or form differently than he has heretofore in Seattle? Yeah, he's going to cook, and we all want Russell Wilson to cook. Put the chef's hat on, get everyone else out of the kitchen, and let him do his thing. That's what Seattle didn't do. It's what he wanted to do, and hopefully the Broncos, the only caveat there is the Broncos keep him upright. The Broncos protect him. That's what drove him crazy with the Seahawks and forced his departure from there. So we're going to see Russell Wilson take shots down the field, maybe from the first snap of the season. But we're going to see a lively passing offense and just taking the shackles off a nine-time Pro Bowler, Chad, like Russell Wilson. The thing to keep in mind on this topic is Russell Wilson, 10 years in the league, nine-time Pro Bowler. He's produced some some prolific statistical seasons. But every time he got the Pro Bowl nod or any time he scored that touchdown or put up big numbers, you could argue in many ways that it was in spite of the coaching and the scheme around him. Pete Carroll, his philosophy overall, was run the ball, play defense, and hopefully your quarterback, you have a good enough quarterback in critical situations, third down, red zone, crunch time, um, that will move the needle for you. And that's how the Seattle Seahawks kind of lived and died. And so when you saw Russ put up volume in, in any arena, it was in spite of that in many, many ways. And so now he comes to Denver in a situation where the coaching staff not only believes in him and wanted him, but they're scheming this whole animal around Russell Wilson. It's not round peg, square hole. It's not trying to fit him into something. It's everything is about Russ. And when it starts with the quarterback like that, I think back, Zach, to the Peyton Manning era in Denver, those four glorious years in terms of what could be possible. Yeah, I mean, just to steel man your argument about the coaching, what was the biggest 
blemish on Russell Wilson's resume in Seattle, that was the Super Bowl. Why don't you run the ball with Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line? Why are you passing it there? So that's what he's had to deal with. That's the level of incompetency. And what you were saying there, succeeding and winning in spite of your own coaches, that sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it, from the last five years? Russell Wilson is out of that environment now. He, he left the old Broncos in a way and came to the new Broncos where they're going to allow him to do what he does best and compliment him. We got a comment about the best tandem running backs in the league. Compliment him with Javante and Melvin Gordon. I mean, he can't go wrong in this offense on paper. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. He's had some studs around him in Seattle, but he's not had this level of talent at every facet. I mean, his offensive line leaps and bounds. His tight ends leaps and bounds. His receivers leaps and bounds. His running backs. I mean, he's had some good running backs. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of the depth the Broncos have there, so that's why I bring up Peyton Manning again in terms of Russ, and then we'll grab Andrew here. When Peyton Manning came to Denver, it wasn't like he had never won an MVP before. It wasn't like he hadn't broken single season passing records before. He had done all those things, but when he came to Denver, those four years he was here, if you look at even his last four years in Indy before he got hurt. He microwaved his production in Denver. The Broncos were able to do that because everything was about Peyton. Andrew, what's good, bro? He says, what's up, my guys? Hope you had a good vacation, Chad. I am in Chicago enjoying my vacation with the in-laws, MHH for life. Enjoy that, big dog, and give them our best. Great to see you. Stay safe, too. Uh, Yeah, so the tandem. Do the Broncos have the best running back tandem Mm. in the NFL, Zach? As long as Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb still play together, which I'm pretty sure they do in Cleveland, yeah. And they also have Dearness Johnson. So uh, that's the best running back tandem to me. Uh, The Titans have a pretty good tandem as well, but I would put the Broncos top five. I mean, I can't really name five better backfields better than Denver's. I guess Chad froze or it's uh, suddenly the solo edition of the Huddle Up podcast. But guys, let me know in the uh, comments if you think the Broncos have a top five backfield. I struggle to think of five better ones. I do like, though, what Indianapolis is doing, selfishly what they're doing, because they have Javante, Javante, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Philip Lindsay now. So uh, definitely the, the Titans are up there. For me, the, uh, the Browns are number one, but the Broncos are top five for sure. What's up, Jess? Some new office uh technical difficulties to wiggle around that was so weird dude i just moved one tab i was just typing to go check out an article and it just winked out so my apologies guys um still settling in in the new office here um i don't really think of it that way in terms of like top five zach all i know is broncos have a really good running back core it's going to be it's going to be dope and don't freak out because I'm on the left side of the screen now, guys. It was just a, a quick technical glitch. I promise you it'll be okay. Well, hopefully our time apart kind of maybe reset some of those. You know, we <laughs> yeah, talk about maybe. rituals and, you know, peccadillos and habits for people. It's maybe not as as uh, big of a deal. Just let it breathe. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All Let's right. So Dale roasted me. Happened every time. I'll know, get it. It's hard to to. We did it for the right reasons. We're sticking to it. It's going to. It is what it is. 
but it's hard to, um, it's almost like you got to have a conversation with your subconscious and work out some of the things that you've always said and the way you've always thought you just, you know, it's like almost in a, in a bad way. Like you, you've been with a girl for X amount of time, you break up and then you're dating the new girl and you accidentally call, you know, um, you accidentally call Stacy Mindy or whatever bad boy. Zach wouldn't know anything about that though. Zach's never been in that position. Nah, Mike Reno, what's up, man? It's good to see you. Mike Reno asked, do you guys think Mike Boone will be a part of the offense without our starting two getting hurt, or do y'all think he might be trade bait for draft capital after the season starts? We actually talked about this on, what is today, Sunday, Thursday's podcast, Scott and I did, and I floated the possibilities. What do you do with Mike Boone? Do you keep him around at his current salary as the RB3? Do you restructure his contract? Do you release him and then resign him to a cheaper deal, or do you trade him? I'm personally not trading Mike Boone because he can be a great RB3. Can't hurt to have too many running backs. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett wants a stable, and he can be your kick returner. Just get use out of him. There's a reason, Chad, the Broncos signed him. George Payton immediately pivoted to Mike Boone after the Philip Lindsay saga came to an end. Just use him. Get him on the field. When he was on the field under Pat Shermer, he looked explosive to me. i like to see what more, what more he can do uh, in, in this offense. Yeah, he's one of those guys where if you don't use him, what a waste because you're paying him just enough to where it is one of those things where you kind of stay up a little bit at night if you're a coach, but you know what? Hey, with, with Javante, with Melvin, I think there's a way to use all those guys, including Mike Boone without like necessarily taking away from say Javante or even Melvin, like work him in. There's, there's a more creative way to do it. I guess my point here is Zach, than the way Shermer and Curtis Modkins did it last year. You're 100% correct, and I mentioned the Browns a second ago, and they have three great running backs, and I, I think Dearness Johnson could be a starter for most teams, and the Broncos got familiar with him last year Ooh. when Case Keenum beat him on oh. primetime television, Vic Fangio and the Broncos, but Dearness Johnson ran wild in that game. So, yeah, it can't hurt to have a third great running back, and Mike Boone could be that in this offense. Okay, delicately, I'm going to hope doing a share screen here doesn't crash my browser again. I want to get your thoughts on this article, Zach, from Keith Cummings about KJ Hamler kind of sharing some uh, stark, intimate details about what he went through with his injury last year. I'm going to read this real quick. He told this to Broncos TV earlier this week, or I should say last week, quote, I checked myself into therapy, <clears throat> just got to get out of the dump. You know, I didn't want to. I think the worst and the worst characteristic of a man is his pride. I had to really put my pride aside for that and really dig deep and do it. Some days I don't like it. Some days it really helps. That's just real life. I'm a person. I'm human too. I'm not Superman. I wish I could be a man, a man made of steel, but that's just not how it works. So um, I'll go through some of this in terms of how he's feeling on schedule and all that stuff. But Zach, you know, it's, it's sometimes easy to lose sight of the human element of NFL players when they – a serious injury befalls them and suddenly they go from kind of being the man and having something to do and, and being a factor and a force to be reckoned with to relegated to the background. And not only that, you know, you're dealing with a physical injury, you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with your knee, your leg, not working the way it should. And so props to him for opening up and saying, yeah, dude, to get through it. Yeah. I did rehab on my knee. I went through all that, but I also made sure I was keeping it straight between the ears. That's props to him. See, it wasn't just the knee that he tore. It wasn't just the hip that he dis dislocated on the hospital ball from Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he also lost his grandma, as he talks about. And you know what? 
torn ligaments heal, Chad. Dislocations, they suck, but they heal. When you lose a family member that you're close to, his grandma raised him like his own mother. He talked about it. He was extremely close with her, and he went through that as well. Sometimes those um, injuries to your heart hurt more than any other part of your body, and that's what he had to deal with. And that's also what Noah Fant dealt with last year, losing his mom. So you're right. We don't look at the human element of the football game enough. And when these players are training off the field, rehabbing, trying to get better, but they go through a struggle unrelated to football, it can sink them mentally. I'm happy KJ, though, is in a good place. Here's what he said about his injury. Where are you? Are you on schedule? Are you are you behind? Are you ahead? Quote, Physically, I'm ahead of schedule, you know, had little minor setbacks with little aches and pains, but that's just part of the process. Sometimes the trainers got to calm me down a little bit, and then sometimes they got to ramp me up. I've still got like 10 pounds, uh, 10 more pounds to put on. So I think that's going to be, it's going to be pretty easy, I think, if I put my mind to it. And then he tied it in a Bozak by saying, mentally, I think I am doing better. I'm not going to say that I'm fully okay because there are still things that I think about when I'm in football mode. I'm locked in. It's just I want to do so much more, and I know I'm capable of doing more, but I've got to follow the protocol of all this ACL and, and stuff like that, close quote. So it sounds like, Zach, he's a, he's right in the pocket physically of where he needs to be come training camp. I don't think fans should expect to see KJ full blast right away. If the Broncos are smart, they're going to ease him back in, just like they yeah. do with any player that returns from a serious ligament tear like that in their knee. By midseason, I think, is when you'll start seeing K.J. Hamler fully kind of back in back in the mode. That might be best-case scenario. I mean, Cortland Sutton tore just his ACL, and he wasn't the same player last year, and that's why we're all hoping he's fully, you know, 100% in pre-injury Cortland Sutton this year. Yeah, K.J. should take his time. Uh, it's pretty telling, though, Chad, and I used the word bone-chilling to describe that article because it's true, yeah. the admission that he made. Um, he has to still put on 10 pounds. Can you imagine how much weight he lost because he couldn't move? He was immobilized completely. He tore up his knee and dislocated his hip and was bedridden probably. So it's a tough, tough, brutal injuries he's coming back from. I wish him the best, but it might be maybe even PUP to start training camp or the regular season. That can't be ruled out. It wouldn't be the worst thing because it's not as if the Broncos, Zach, are lacking options, right? I mean, we already talked about Albert O, but Cortland Sutton, one additional year further away from the ACL. Tim Patrick looking to prove that he deserved that extension. Jerry Judy looking to prove that he's not a first-round bust. I mean, it's a smorgasbord. If you're Russell Wilson, you can afford to kind of let K.J. work his way back in. Plus, I mean, the Broncos have a thing for fifth-round pick Montreal Washington, who he's got some wills himself. So as far as that deep threat, take the top off component that K.J. really brings to bear for the Broncos, they kind of can – they have a facsimile of that anyway until they, he finally gets back 100 100%. I was going to say no one else in the receiving core can do what KJ Hamler can do in terms of his speed and game busting ability. Thank God for Montreal Washington, but Chad, my only apprehension is is he ready to play the line share of, you know, slot receiver snaps or being that full-time deep threat? I think the plan was initially to work him in mostly on special teams and leave offensive plays like here and there. So you have to wonder if he can handle the full-time K.J. Hamler workload. Indeed. If Indeed. it comes down to that. Um, a couple things I'm pulling up. I want to give everybody an update on how things finished on Super Chat and for the month of June because, man, when you're gone for two weeks, it sure does make the month fly by. 
but everybody kept throwing down, contributing, showing out. All of our Super Chat superstars uh, did their thing. And as you know, we we kind of we're going away from the jersey, giving away jersey at the end of each month. We're still going to give jerseys away. I have multiple Demarius Thomas jerseys I need to give away. I have a few Russ jerseys we're going to be giving away. That's still going to happen, but it's going to be kind of spontaneous situations where we see the opportunity to do that. What we're doing now is we want to roll out the red carpet, one for YouTube, one for Facebook, for our meet and greet against the Niners uh, later this year in Denver at the stadium where we're going to be hanging out leading up to the uh, Sunday night football. It's going to be fun. We want to roll out the red carpet, and whoever wins, hey, you make it there, and we will pay for your hotel. We'll make sure you have tickets to the game, and you can hang with us literally from you know moment one until – the night is over. And the way we're doing that is each month, we're going to take the top five finishers, or pardon me, top three finishers uh, on YouTube. All right. And those names go into a hat. And then after these three months, June, July, August, all right, we'll take those names, pull one name out. Boom. That's who's going to be on YouTube. That's who will be on, on uh, Facebook. So without further ado, who finished where on YouTube last month? Here's how it shook out. Ethan of the AKA DWI guys, number one, the Duchess, Michaela, number two, and Poppy, number three. So those three names go into the hat. And just outside was Michael Ronquillo. Something tells me, Michael, I think you're going to have a little something to say about all this by the time the dust fully settles on this competition. But big love, Sam Bam, Naj, uh, Darren, Spencer, Tanner, everybody, even look, yours truly throwing down. <laughs> Supporting the shows. We'll do an update on the Facebook side here in just a little bit, but much love and respect. Thanks to each and every one of you who continue to support what we do here at Mile High Huddle on Super Chat on YouTube and with stars on Facebook. Seriously, you help you keep the lights on and keep this content coming when it would be, have been really easy, Zach, for us to be like, hey, Jensen's going for two weeks. Let's just tell everybody, hey, see you in two weeks or we'll see you in training camp. Mm-hmm. We never thought that way. That's not why we do this. And the big reason that drives us is you guys. We know that you expect us to be here, so we're going to be here for you. You see we busted out the fancy graphics too, so shout, shout out to Scott for the medals. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, your continued support. And through the dead period especially, I know it's tough because there's nothing going on right now. We're all just like struggling till training camp, but you make that bear a lot, a lot easier. So thank you once again. Yo, Mike is at the WWE event in Tucson. I don't know what that means, nice. but I know it's wrestling. I know it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So there's some big event going on. Is it like a throwdown, like a WrestleMania? I don't. I don't think it's SummerSlam. I don't know. I've been like I was a huge wrestling fan, like the early 2000s, but it fell off a cliff like 10 years ago, and I have not been in tune at all. So it's kind of a joke, a parody of what it once was. Hey, Mike, don't even worry about Super Chat right now, bro. Seriously, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the uh, yeah, enjoy the event. We're just stoked that you uh, made an appearance tonight. Zach, one last topic I want to grab, and then we'll get out of here a little early since we were so late. Um, my fault, getting set up and stuff. Um, this is from, shout out to Dylan. Everybody knows Dylan. Oh, let me close some things here. Dylan Von Arx has an article, Four Broncos Poised to Garner First Time Pro Bowl Honors in 2022. I want to get your thoughts on some of these names. First one is Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick, I want to remind everybody here, Broncos did not have a single single Pro Bowler last year. Ouch. Owie. So is it going too far, Zach, to even name four possible pro bowlers, let alone first time pro bowlers? Or is that something that should that is that is plausible thanks to 
the arrival of a bona fide franchise guy like Russ. Exactly. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, no one cared about the Broncos last year, Chad, under Vic Fangio with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. They were irrelevant. And suddenly, as we know now with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, they're very much relevant. So as long as they win games and we both think they will, and a lot of games, they're going to have maybe more than four pro bowlers. They should have had pro bowlers last year. You can argue past Sertan for one. They were totally uh, snubbed from that list because again, no one really cared enough to send them to the, uh, all-star game it is what it is when you suck as a team it's harder for your stars to get to garner the accolades they deserve when you are running and gunning and you're crushing it as a team and you're stacking the wins there are times where guys unfairly receive accolades that they might not always deserve just because of hype or you know public image public scrutiny high profile situations i don't think it's beyond the pale pardon me uh to project Javante as a potential first-time Pro Bowler, but if there's anything that makes me doubt that, it's just they decided to bring Melvin Gordon back. They're going to use Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's taken a significant, significantly less money to come back than he than he played on the first two years he was in Denver, but it's enough to where he's going to be used. How much that might take away, Zach, from a body of work Javante Williams would need to make the Pro Bowl remains to be seen. It's also the field of, of the AFC. I mean, you have Nick Chubb and you have Derrick Henry of Jonathan Taylor. That's a lot of running backs to beat out. And listen, you and I are two of the bigger Javante Williams fans that exist on this planet. And we both think he's in for a 1100, 1200-yard season, but that might not be good enough to get him to the Pro Bowl. And it might be good enough on the Broncos offense, but they have so many mouths to feed. Can Javante take enough of that workload to have an 1800-yard season, which would cement him, I think, in the Pro Bowl? Time will tell. What about he, Pat Sertan? He'll be because there. Yeah, for I sure. agree with you. He was snubbed last year. He made alternate status, but you only that only avails you as a as a player if whoever's ahead of you bows out of the Pro Bowl and you actually end up playing in the Pro Bowl. Otherwise, it doesn't go on your resume as a Pro Bowl. So Pro Bowl alternate, okay, whatever. Bottom line is he was snubbed last year. I think if he maintains the trajectory that he established last year, I would be stunned, Zach, if this is not one of the Broncos kind of shoe in pro bowlers in 2022. This is the easiest one I think that we'll ever have going into the season. And I'm, I'm not even thinking about pro bowl for PS2. I'm thinking about all pro, which matters mm-hmm. more in my book. So he's going to be just, I don't know about the next champ Bailey. He's going to be the next Pat Sertan, the second, and he's going to be a damn, damn good football player this season and beyond. What about this cat? Draymond Jones, so. a lot of hype, a lot of preseason hype. I mean, Dylan's mentioning him here. Thomas Hall had an article just, I don't know, the day before yesterday about Draymond Jones as a guy that it's shaping up for a breakout season. I like Draymond, don't get me wrong, but on all those kind of breakout things relative to this guy in particular, I'm in a kind of holding pattern of believe it when I see it. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And there's a lot of uh, horses on that Broncos defense. I'm thinking of DJ Jones. They just gave him $30 million. I don't know. I feel like maybe Draymond would benefit, though, if Bradley Chubb or Randy Gregory were to miss time because it would take away that edge rushing presence. But then I'm thinking to myself, that edge rusher would take up blockers so Draymond can get home. Draymond, I regard a lot like Javante. He's going to have a good season for the Broncos, but that season might not be good enough to make the Pro Bowl. Well said. Lastly, we have Jerry Mm. Judy, who has made it onto many lists like this since arriving Mm -hmm. in the NFL as a first-round pick, number 15 overall. 
is this the year it all comes together enough for him, Zach, to produce at a high enough level? Because it's not just a few big games. I mean, you need those few big games, but like to to stockpile a true Pro Bowl resume, a body of work needs to be consistent and it needs to be prolific. Considering all the mouths to feed, is this a guy you could see making it that far? Man, I'm rooting for Jerry Judy. I really am, and he's also one of my top breakout candidates. He could put it all together, but number one, he has to become the number one receiver on the Broncos roster. I mean, the Pro Bowler could be Cortland Sutton. The Pro Bowler could be Tim Patrick. So he has to first establish dominance there, and then he has to beat out the field of the AFC, and that's not going to be easy. So I'll take, and you'll take, a lot of people would take me an 800-yard, 900-yard season from Jerry Judy, maybe creeping with 1,000 and six to eight touchdowns. That would prove he's on a bust. It would get the Broncos to buy in more to his stock, but that's not good enough to make the Pro Bowl. I agree. <clears throat> Are you the number one receiver on your team? At least like in the case of Javante Williams, he is projected to be the number one running back. So you can he feel a little be. bit more comfortable kind of going, okay, Javante. Jerry Judy is projected currently to be wide receiver three. Now in the modern NFL, you don't necessarily need to be on the depth chart WR one to produce at a pro bowl level because the proliferation of the modern passing game. But still, I think there's something to that Zach from just a perception standpoint from outside looking in, we often lament the national perspective on the Denver Broncos and how they get things wrong when you're on the outside looking in, if it is the third guy on the depth chart or the third seat at the table, right? First helping to the guy in the number one chair, he gets a little bit more mashed potatoes and his steak's a little bit bigger. The number two guy, slightly less mashed potatoes, slightly smaller steak. By the time you get to number three guy at the table, you, you see where I'm going with this. Jerry Judy needs to prove sooner than later that he is the team's number one wide receiver, even if it doesn't shake out that way on the depth chart. And that's the only way that happens. Pro Bowl. If you could see thought bubbles coming out of my head, it'd be steak and mashed potatoes right now. That sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, it's it's tough to see with Jerry Judy. It really is. You know, we all want him to make that leap, but there's two bona fide elite alpha dog receivers ahead of him. And uh, he has to leap over them first. I, I just, I'm rooting for him. I just don't see Pro Bowl in his future this year. Hey, last thing, and then we're going to dip. I want to grab this from Nate. Is Kenny Young a big loss? Thank you for the question, Nate. Thank you for being with us tonight. Kenny Young, linebacker who the Broncos acquired via trade midseason last year, following the injuries to Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell that lost them for the season. The Broncos had the chance to bring him back. The Broncos have had the chance to bring back Alexander Johnson. Right. Instead, they brought back Josie Jewell. They signed Alex Singleton, and they have Jonas Griffith. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any like real factor at inside linebacker. <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. Baron Browning moving to edge, right? So, like, there's that. What say you about Kenny Young? Is it a big loss? There's Sternab, but he doesn't matter. So, uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, apparently, Jiro Evero doesn't think so. He coached him in LA and didn't think the Broncos or didn't, you know, pound the table for the Broncos to resign him. He's the only guy, though. We all love Kenny Young. Not really. Uh, it, his personality was nice and the energy, but he can cover in in uh, in coverage. You know, he's he was good against the pass. What other Broncos inside linebacker could do what he does? The answer is no one. They had one guy who you mentioned in Baron Browning. Now he plays outside. So if they were to use Baron in a hybrid role and in, at inside linebacker to cover tight ends, running backs, they can mitigate the loss of Kenny Young. But if they keep him full time outside. If you put Josie Jewell one-on-one with Travis Kelsey, Alex Singleton one-on-one with Darren Waller, you're going to have a bad time, a really bad time. 
I think by the time, <clears throat> pardon me, you get to football season, no one's really going to be thinking too much about Kenny Young because yeah. they're going to be pretty stoked on Josie Jewell and they're going to be pretty stoked on who I think will start next to him, and that's Jonas Griffith. I think Alex Singleton was brought in as a hedge and as a special teams ace to really upgrade that that phase of team with a new coordinator and a new kind of philosophy there. I really do think it's going to be Josie and Jonas Griffith. I could, you know, who knows? I could be wrong. And if I am, it won't be the first time. But when you get to the season, Jonas Griffith, man, he was a whirling dervish down the stretch. Zach, real quick before we get out of here, want to give everybody on Facebook an update on how things finished in the month of June. Top three names going into a hat for the MHH meet and greet red carpet rollout. Mark Schrader at the tippity top. Appreciate you, Mark. GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer at number two. And look who's at number three. Phil McLaughlin battling against the Facebook algo bots the entire time, still manages to get to number three. And there's just a few names outside. The silent one, Jacob Foster, Tim Hoffman in the top five, Andrew Baker, six. Each and every one of you, seriously, Hernandez, Middleton, Chad Beach, we love and appreciate each and every one of you. And um, we'll we'll come up with a way to show you a little bit of gratitude a little, a little thank you in return for continuing to support what we do here at MHH. But, Zach, let's get out of here, dude. I kept everybody late. People got lives to lead. They got steak and potatoes to eat. <laughs> they got Netflix to, to check out and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, you, you do the thing, bro. Well, let me just say I'm so excited for the meet and greet. I mean, every day it gets closer. I get more excited. So I can't wait to meet y'all out there in uh, Denver for that big week three game. But that was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Nailed that that time. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. See, that's where the confusion comes from, Chad, because we're still using the old handle, but it's a new name of podcast. So. Real quick, I did. I was like, you know, when your finger's on like the, the button, enter, and it's done or save or whatever. I had it changed. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want anyone to go out and steal it. All right. But then I thought, nah, we'll leave it for now. I think you're right. We got to change that and we got to change this. Just so we don't keep, you know, making a fool of ourselves on, mm -hmm. on the live podcast. But if you guys want some merch, uh, the hat that Chad's wearing, all of our new merch is right there at the all new website, huddleuppod.com. Get your merch on. And uh, if you haven't, please go to facebook.com slash mylahuddlepod, like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. Be sure to throw the deacon in there, Scott. He deserves some love for being the producer. But as you see ticking below you, please do these three things. If you haven't, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. It really does. We've got, I don't know, there's two and a half, three weeks of sleepy time. I mean, we are now, the good news is, as I have returned from this little vacation, half of that six-week just fall off a cliff part of the NFL schedule, the NFL summer, the true NFL summer, is already in the books nearly. So we're almost there. We're almost to the finish line where every day is Broncos football, like something's happening. I mean, starting end of this month all the way through December, hopefully – through some January too, we'll see. It's going to be made in the shade. So thanks to everybody. Appreciate your patience tonight. Us running late. That was my fault getting set up. Uh, my camera tonight is the only night you'll have to make an exception to it being a little fuzzy like this. It'll be better tomorrow in the background, the green screen. So much love and respect to each and every one of you. And a mile high salute to all of our Super Chat superstars. We will be tagging you after the show. Those of you are stars and super supporters. We will be tagging you on Twitter after the show. For So look for that. One last programming note, guys. I am taking the next week off, so you'll have Scott next to Chad in the uh, the podcasting seat. So I'll see y'all next Monday for the Mile High Huddle podcast. 
Take care. And as always, guys, have a great fourth as well. And go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.